Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. You can uh, text us at any time. Okay, uh, Brendan, they're saying call, so feel free to put the call in. Um, yeah, you, know, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We just did NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. And uh, Josh from the Two Muds podcast uh, verifying, Bob, yes, it was officially Pittsburgh. Brendan is right as to where Mark Pezik is going to go on a PTO. We will tell you, uh, some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that orders now sent you. It's open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Well, we mentioned uh, we're gearing up. Uh, Oilers now, after a 12-year run, noon to 2, is going 5 to 7 starting Tuesday. And, uh, you know, uh, in the offseason, you, you try to bring in the best free agents and upgrade your personnel because at the end of the day, it's uh, it's about product, product, product. And at this time, we're pleased uh, to bring back to the show and soon a part of the show on Mondays. Uh, we welcome back the former uh, general manager, head coach, and a longtime Edmonton Oilers player where he won three Stanley Cups with the team, uh, Craig McTavish. Hello, Craig. It's Bob. How you doing? Master of all, jack of none. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of titles. Oh, yeah. Well, you're yeah. in a lot of different roles, and I, yeah. I, I, I will tell you that when uh, John Short was on the air back in the day, I didn't, I didn't criticize you that much. I busted your, you know what, once in a while when you were a coach, and I actually think you had an underrated run as general manager. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah. But uh, and you have had some uh, very uh, hilarious who, co- conversations. Who was, who, who was the last coach that took that uh, was? with the Edmonton Oilers when they went to the final. The uh, coaches. Be, that would be you. And Charlie Huddy and Billy Moores and for some reason it's been our issue. But <laughs> I've got uh, much thicker skin than that these days, that's yeah, for it's, sure. It's funny. Uh, I was at the uh, Bears event last night out at Blackhawk and Billy was there 75 years young. Still looks great. Uh, you know, Awesome coach. I, uh, I I I mentioned to the collective and the, the boys were having a good time out there. Like and and then the girl, they're having a good time, right? And I said, you know, Billy got a very uh, you you'd kind of I'm sure appreciate this. He got a very young, immature, and undisciplined Bob Stoffer first starting out of the business that uh, thought he knew pretty much everything and realized very quickly I didn't. But Billy helped me. You know what I mean? He helped me. Like I knew how to sort of hey help guys load and unload equipment that sort of stuff. But maybe you can educate our listeners here, Mac T, just on on what Billy was like on that, because, you know, Charlie did such a great job developing defensemen, and, but there was a tone to how Billy dealt with things from a, a tactical and technical perspective, but also just in terms of his interpersonal skills. Yeah, he, he connected with everybody, and uh, he mentored more young coaches than uh, anybody, and I was 
super fortunate when I started off as a coach after I finished playing in 97 with the Rangers that I shared a small little office with Billy Moore's uh, out at uh, Playland in Rye, New York. And uh, I mean, he's just such a source of information, such a joy to be around, so much fun and uh, connects with everybody. And then he went through Kelly Buckberger and Craig Simpson and Mark Lamb. And guys, they just gravitate to him like you did. And uh, just an amazing, uh, amazing hockey guy. I think a lot of times some of the best teachers have a teaching background, and that's the background that he came from. But uh, he was, uh, he, he is an incredible guy. And uh, we were all super fortunate to have worked for him, uh, with him for 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 ten years, and uh, just uh, a, a national treasure. When I went to the World Championships, uh, and Mark Messier was the manager, uh, Peter DeBoer was on our staff, and I said, "Pete, you're you're going to love this guy. He's a national treasure." And of course, he did, and and uh, really saw the value that Billy brought. Connected with all 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 the players and. They just had so much respect for him, uh, he, much like a John Wooden style uh, personality, I would say. Yeah, even even I'm thinking when you were GM and you made the move with Dallas, and as you know, I stay in contact with Dallas fairly regularly. And uh, man, he had that's a tough situation he had in Anaheim the last couple of years because they were going completely the, the other direction. But you made the move with yeah. Dallas and you brought up Todd Nelson. And if I recall correctly, at that time, uh, Billy was helping Todd a bit uh, tactically and technically as well in terms of mentorship. Yeah, he had a position on our staff where he was a coaching liaison and he would go down and work with Todd and work with Dallas here too as well and that's just how highly regarded I I uh I had Billy and uh I mean uh he, he's just amazing guy but you you're right about Dallas. I mean it's such a crazy business these days uh in the coaching business that uh you know you get rid of all the players sell all the players and then you know he he virtually has nothing to compete with and then uh fires the coach i I think i mean it's it, it is a crazy era for coaches right now and i certainly have a lot of empathy uh for guys in the business now and i'm more grateful and appreciative of the support that I had here in Edmonton from uh, the management team that I worked with here throughout my tenure as coach. Yeah, for most of the time, it was the Edmonton Investors Group on the team. Kevin Lowe was the GM. And then in your last year, Daryl Cates had purchased the Oilers. And uh, Kevin had moved to, uh, you know, president of Hockey Ops. And Tammy, Steve Tamalini was the GM. And you basically, I'll never forget it, because uh, unfortunately I became part of the story, which I'm not always the biggest fan of. But you pretty much decided the time had come at the end of the 0809 season. Um, I, I know you remember that event, and I, but what I'm going to ask you about last year, so we, we did the panels a couple years ago with Sportsnet, and uh, you know I, I think most of the people listening to the show, Craig, thought you did a great job. You returned to coaching last year with the St. Louis Blues. Um, you know, how was that experience? I mean, you guys had a t- tough season on the ice. How was that experience for you? Very tough very tough experience there and uh i mean there are really no survivors when 
you know, as a coach and as an organization, you're always trying to outrun expectations. But when expectations are far ahead of what your performance level is as a group, there's uh, no joy in Mudville, as you know. And, uh, you know, I hadn't been behind an NHL bench in, you know, I'm going to say six or seven years. And, you know, you go to a different organization and it's a bit of a different era. It, it was a difficult transition. I felt like, uh, you know, my my style as a coach is trying to build relationships and connect with people and use that as a basis to leverage some influence on the player to get them to do things that you need them to do or would like them to do. And, uh, you know, it took a long time to build relationships with with players longer than I thought. And I was, you, you go in there, in all honesty, you're dealing with an old school mentality uh, stigma. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it took a while for me to, uh, to be able to have any type of influence on, on the players, uh, in St. Louis. And of course we're losing. So everybody's unhappy and that, that's, that, that's, uh, there's, there's, uh, nobody that survives that environment. We're joined right now by Craig McTavish, and starting uh, in a couple of weeks from now, on Monday, you will hear Mac T on Mondays on Oilers Now. A lot of the days it's going to be for a full hour. Are you sure? And, and by the way, I do want to mention that Mac T on Mondays is going to be brought to you by Contract Equipment Limited. Uh, Michael and the gang, I went out and saw them a couple of weeks ago, and they, they, it's good. To, it, let's just put it this way. I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of oil and gas. Uh, uh, you know, that industry in the province of Alberta, it seems at times that it takes shots. Who knows? Sometimes even from the environment minister, but that's another story for another time. But the reality is business is starting to fuel up, and uh, Contract Equipment Limited is on board for MACT on Mondays. Do you think you can handle doing an hour with me, Craig? I mean, you probably wanted to strangle me. 6,433 times just during the, I don't know, the 03, 04, 04, 05 seasons, but uh, there was no season 04, 05, and you still want, but you're looking forward to it, having some good time with us? I'm planning on using that hour to beat on you as much as I can and point out inaccuracies in some of your commentary. That's my strategy going in, and I certainly appreciate Mike and contract for uh, their support of having me on that show. But uh, no, you and I have have no trouble having a good dialogue about the game of hockey. And we couldn't be in a better city and a better situation, a better team to do it here. I kind of laugh when I come back here in the summer. And, uh, you know, there's still, there's plenty of support of Oiler fans, but there are still people that are slightly disgruntled. And I'm just going, wow, this, this is by far the most exciting team in, uh, in the league to watch on a day in, day out basis. We know, or at least in the past, if, uh, past performance is any, uh, indicator of future performance iconic players always win there's going to be uh championships stanley cups here for sure when you have players uh like connor and leon and players that are so driven to get it done i mean i think you know from being around the team on a day-to-day basis how driven these guys are and it's those guys win, and those guys are winners, and uh, it's just going to be a great ride. I can't wait. I had to laugh because I saw the athletic, and I, I'm, uh, you know, it's a, it's a 
publication, but it, I think it speaks something to engagement because they ranked the Oilers 20th in fan approval for management, and Anaheim was 18th. And I'm thinking to myself, the Ducks just had, you know, Detroit's had the worst record in the league over the last five years. Anaheim's had the worst record in the league over the last four. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. they're 18th, and the Oilers, uh, under Ken Holland over the last uh, four years, have the eighth best record in the NHL, and under Jay Woodcroft in the last season and a half, since he took over on February 10th of 2022, Craig, they've got the second best record in the National Hockey League. And oh, by the way, they played five playoff series, which is tied for the most. But they haven't won the cup, but somehow they're 20th in fan approval ratings. I, I think that speaks to uh, the level of demand that's here in oil country and the expectations fans have. Uh, and the inaccuracy of the media. <laughs> For sure. That is going to be another one of my topics, too, as well on MACT Mondays, is to point out some of the... Uh, some of the obvious falsehoods of of the media and uh that's one of them i mean that's just that sounds insane and uh, i'm a big supporter of kenny holland and i'm uh super comfortable with him having his hand hand on the uh on the steering wheel and the tail of this team because he's got a wealth of information and uh He's he's got a lot of confidence and in the job that he can do, and he's he's going to get us there. I'm sure of it. Well, if he wins the Stanley Cup in the fifth and what could be the final year of his general managing career, I mean, I don't know if he's going to stay or not. That's going to be up to him and Jeff Jackson and uh, you know Daryl Cates and Paul Coff, your former teammate, was heavily involved in the procurement of Jeff Jackson leaving his agency and coming aboard as the CEO of the Oilers. But if it does turn out to be the final year and he wins the Stanley Cup. As a GM, I mean, you win a GM in two different NHL cities. Uh, he's already in the Hockey Hall of Fame, so yeah. I, I wonder if yeah. at that point, maybe. And I and I, I am with you. I think that the, I I believe the team will finish with somewhere between fifty to fifty, you know, fifty two, fifty three wins this season. All right, one final one for you, if you could, yeah. uh, shed some light because you made the call back in twenty fourteen, Leon Drysaddle. Uh, you were the GM of the team at that time. Scott Housen was involved with you. Stu McGregor, who uh, unfortunately had to coach me in midgets, I actually led that team in scoring. That's how bad of a team it was. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a bad somebody team. Somebody did tell me that you led. Oh, yeah, that was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was you telling me that. 643 yeah. times over the last 27 yeah. seasons. Uh, anyhow, yeah. Uh, yeah. tell everybody here, like, yeah. uh, if you could, maybe in about 90 seconds, just how you guys came to, like, you know, was dry, like you knew Ekblad, who Jeff had, Jeff Jackson had, was going number one. Um, when you were looking at the three centers there, Reinhardt, Dreisaitl, and Bennett, uh, did you do a little jig when the Oilers ended up uh, in a slot to take Dreisaitl? How did that all shake down? Well, I mean, you never know for sure. And if you think you do, uh, those are the most scary guys in hockey. And, uh, you know, you take in all the information that you can. We obviously needed a centerman. We needed size. We needed uh, uh, an offensive player. I mean, Sam Sam Reinhardt's a great player, too. He was an excellent draft uh, uh, by, was it Buffalo back in those days? Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, Leon had a little bit more quickness then. I mean, I, I used to call it uh, Luke Robitaille speed that Leon had. When you played against Luke Robitaille, everybody would pass him 
when he was going back on defense, and but nobody could pass him when he was going on offense. And Leon was a little bit like that too, as well. And uh, I mean, any uh, questions about his speed have certainly been erased now. He's a tremendous skater, but uh, nobody really remembers the assistant coach you would back in uh, those days in PA, wouldn't you? Well, Corey Clouston was the head coach. Oh, it was Habshide, I think, was the head no, coach. No, he came in. He came yeah. in the next year. See, we're going to have it. Our yeah, Cluey yeah. was the head. Yeah. Co- so Habshide was the GM at that time. That's yeah, okay. Okay, they yeah. had the they because they had the right. volunteer board, and you of course had. Uh, now Habshide was not a teammate of yours in Edmonton. He had left by the time you were in Oilers. Is that right? No, I, I was here with him for a year. For a year, at okay. training camp in '85, '86. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. And uh, but the assistant coach was—I can't believe you don't know this. Was it Dave Manson? Yeah, exactly. There we go. So my old teammate, you do know that. Yes, my old teammate. So I was pretty tapped in, and uh, I mean, Dave Manson, I always thought was. Uh, a star of a person and a hockey guy. And I thought when we hired him to go to the American league, it was a complete home run, which it was. So I had a lot of respect for his ability to read people and hockey players. And uh, he heavily endorsed Leon. So at times he would look a bit uh, uh, frustrated, you know, like frustration is not a, uh, a, quality that generally helps performance and uh, at times he would look frustrated but uh, Dave certainly squashed any concerns we had about that and uh, endorsed him totally so I give Stu McGregor the majority of the credit and uh, certainly Dave for making it an easy pick for us. Awesome stuff. Craig uh, we're going to tie Dave Manson and your good friend Kelly Buckberger into Oilers Now Trivia, which we're going to do at this time. It's brought to you by Pro-Am Sports. You know Jack Cookson, Pro-Am Sports, fan cave and yeah. fan gear specialist for all budgets in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and ProAmSports.ca. There is a Kelly Buckberger private signing, and the closing date is in the next couple days at Pro-Am Sports. Bucky, of course, like Mac Tia, multiple-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Kelly Buckberger has the third most penalty minutes of the 1985 NHL draft class. Dave Manson has the most there are uh, the top five players in the 85 draft class in penalty minutes all played in the Western Hockey League. It's part of the reason why I lacked the courage to even try out, Craig. Oh, <laughs> I'm just, so, I had nothing to do with were... the fact that it wasn't any good. So, yeah. <laughs> so Dave Manson has the most PIMS from the 85 class. Kelly Buckberger is third. Name the three WHL legends. And these guys played forever in the NHL. Each guy played, well, one of the guys only played under 500 minutes, but had over 2,300 uh, 2, minutes in PIMS. Name the uh, three other players other than Manson and Buckberger. Uh, that racked up north of 2,000 penalty minutes of the 1985 draft class. That's the trivia question for you. You played against all uh, all these wow. guys for years. The year. only two I could have told you was Bucky and Davey Boy Manson, but uh, I, I have no idea. Well, uh, one of them bounced around all, actually. They Give me all, a hint on it, who, who, who they played one guy, for. One guy played in uh, junior for Medicine Hat, and uh, played a lot in Dallas and got elbowed in the face once by Pavel Bure. It's called the mother of all elbows. 
Uh, one guy had a memorable uh, battle with uh, Louis DeBrusque uh, when he was with the Islanders and Louis was with the Rangers uh, a couple times in preseason. And the other guy uh, was on the wrong side of a lopsided fight against Dave Manson in Calgary one night. Or, sorry, not Dave Manson, uh, Dave Brown in Calgary one night. Stu Grimson? Okay. Stu Grimson's one of them. So you can yeah. text us on the Ashley Five Floors text yeah. line. Uh, we are going to start on the 11th, Mac T. It's going to be a kicker, to paraphrase yeah, Mark Messier. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for me, and hopefully not that much fun for you. I think the fans are going to love it. Thanks a lot, Craig, for your time. All right, Safia. Thanks. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. That is Craig McTavish. Again, our trivia question today, our Oilers Now trivia for Pro-Am Sports Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialist for all budgets in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail at ProAmSports.ca. Brendan had to look this up because I didn't even type up the, the answers. But uh, Dave Manson has the most penalty minutes from the 85 draft. Bucky is third. The Kelly Buckberger private signing uh, closing the next couple days at ProAmSports.ca. We're playing for a $50 GC. Name the other three players from the Western League. Seven of the eight top penalized players from the 85 draft are out of the WHL. That was a tough league back then. Name the other three. Uh, that is what we got at 12.55. We'll take a three-minute break. You're listening to Oilers now. Don't miss your chance to join an exciting road trip in Nashville, Tennessee to watch the Oilers play the Predators. This package includes non-stop airfare with Flair Airlines, four nights deluxe hotel near all the action, lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. Experience all that is Music City USA has to offer. In October, the Oilers and the National Predators on the Nashville road trip. You can reach out to New West Travel. Go online, newwesttravel.com. Oilers now trivia for Pro-Am Sports. Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialist, $50 GC up for grabs in Edmonton, St. Albert. And at ProAmSports.ca, getting another closing on the Kelly Buckberger uh, private signing. Then the question was... Um, 1985 draft, Dave Manson had the most penalty minutes. Bucky was third. Name the Western Hockey League graduates that were second, third, uh, second, fourth, and fifth. And I believe Randy got the correct answer. Shane Sherless, second. 488 games played, 2,300 PIMS. Ken Baumgartner, fourth. 696 games played, 12, uh, 2,242 penalty minutes. Stu Grimson, fifth. 729 NHL games. Uh, 2,113 penalty minutes. Bucky is third in all-time games played from the 85 draft. He's second, or sorry, third in PIMS and second in all-time games played. That is an impressive total. Uh, we've got an event coming up in White Court next week, and former Oiler uh, and pugilist himself, Darcy Hordacek, is going to join us at 105, but not before we head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson.